Hey, 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 what is up, Legendary Closers? Super excited to be on the podcast again today. We are going to be kicking out some rad episodes. I'm actually going through a process of refining the sick fury, the sales inceptions questions training. Right now it's for free. Right now it is out there. I'm actually probably going to take that back in-house and we're going to start charging for it because I'm going to be adding some elements to it that will actually make it a complete course so right now, as you're listening to this, you guys can get access to this completely for free. I don't know for how long anybody who's in the Facebook group actually gets access to it. And I will grandfather everybody who's already in it to it. So if you're in the Facebook group and you've got Sick Fury, it's going to be yours. But today, I actually wanted to talk about something that I was actually really, really curious about when I first started in sales. When I was building my business and as I was growing in my sales career, I really just wanted to know what this phrase meant because I love sales. And and I was told many people in the network marketing industry and in the sales industry, and when you're a beginning entrepreneur or coach, somebody's trying to provide their value, you're told this one phrase and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. And this is the phrase, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And that's full of crap. <laughs> that is the stupidest thing that I ever paid attention to. And I'm going to tell you why. Here's the real question. How do real closers like us, direct sales, telemarketers, and independents, who refuse to cheat, overpromise, or embellish, who don't rely on discounts and guarantees, but want to close more sales with less effort? How do we build massive incomes, yet at the same time, live life to the fullest? That is the mystery, and in this podcast, we'll uncover the secrets for today's market. My name is John Albert Ferguson, and welcome to Legendary Closer Radio. Okay, so let's hop right in here and welcome back into the episode. Listen, there are a lot of things that I absolutely love to do, and I remember hearing this phrase when I was really young, and it really set me off. Like I was like, okay, I love basketball, right? And I start playing basketball and I'm cruising through high school. And as a freshman, I'm a, I'm a starter on the varsity team. Our team takes the state championship. We do that again in my sophomore year. And then uh, I move out of state, move to another area and I'm grinding and I'm working hard. My junior year, the only time I sat the bench was at halftime or on quarter breaks. And so I'm like, I'm feeling really good. I'm working my guts out all summer long because I want to be this pro ball player, right? But I know that basketball isn't really going to pay me. There's only a small amount of people who are going to get into the NBA. And in college, my freshman year, I actually went up, dunked on somebody, ankle went out, had a knee surgery. And later on in life, I realized that I actually had two ruptured discs in my back that have totally, totally destroyed my ability to walk with my left leg. And I literally don't have a calf muscle because of the atrophy. I also really like Native American studies. I grew up doing Native American studies and around the same time I was playing basketball, I started getting into learning how to make arrowheads and learning how to make Native American cultural artifacts from bows, arrows, you know, the points, like literally naturally how they would do it because I was just intoxicated with that culture. And you know, I started making things. I mean, I, I remember there's a local museum in the state of Utah where I was growing up. I think I was about 19 years old at the time. And I was like, hey, I can make a business out of this. I could, I can make some money with this. And I went down to a few of the museums and I got orders. 
They wanted something close to 150 arrow points that were as close to kind of the native Inuit people that lived in the area. And I was like, okay, cool. I got this, right? I go home. I start working on it. There's a deadline now, right? And I started working and I was making all these points and and I was putting everything together and I was sweating, right? The deadline's getting closer. I'm still trying to, you know, this is before I hurt my leg in, in college. And I was like trying to you know maintain my, my basketball skills. And it became like this difficult work. And I was thinking, well, I love what I'm doing, but I hate it. <laughs> There's just too much work. And, you know, so I fulfilled that order. I swore to myself that I would never make another arrow point again. I literally ruined my desire to continue working in that area for a long time. I'm talking years because it became work to me. And I started thinking like this whole thing that if you do what you love, you can make money at it, that you'll never have to work again is bullcrap. I started thinking that and I kind of turned to fly fishing. I really enjoy fly fishing. And this is all before really the internet took off in a manner that people were making big bucks on the internet. And so, I mean, I love fly fishing. I was like, hey, maybe I can be a fly fishing guide. Maybe I can do some videos. You know, YouTube was just getting started. I think it was like the first or second year YouTube opened up to general population. And I was like, okay, cool. This is this is great. Maybe, I, maybe we can do some of this. But then I found out, you know, the frequency and the effort that went into it, it was tough. It literally made a pastime that I enjoyed work, a solace that I could go to to like clear my head. It now became, okay, what do I have to create? What do I have to do to provide a specific service, right? Now, I know I'm saying that now because I'm doing that in the sales business and the podcast, and it's a lot of effort and it's a lot of work, and I really, really love it. But what, I, what I'm trying to create here in your mind is, is that, and help you understand is that just because I didn't, I didn't make it in the NBA, I'm not going to become a professor of Native American you know, artifacts. One, they don't make a lot of money. And I'm from Scotland and Ireland and Norway. So that would be a little odd. And then as a fly fishing expert, quote unquote, I want to take you guys fly fishing. I want to do that for fun. I want to take closers out to some of the coolest rivers and lakes and do retreats there and show you some of those pastimes and do training and, you know, just have a good time. I want that. I don't want that to be like my main income. I want that to be something that is special and that I can use. And so when I started hearing the do what you love and, you know, you'll never have to work a day in the life. I had to literally find something that actually I could provide, you know, something that I actually loved and not just loved, but something that I could actually do that it didn't feel like work. I actually really wanted to feel like the work was enjoyable, that the work was actually a part of what I was trying to accomplish and that it wasn't that I, that it was my hobbies turning into my career and my work. Now, I know some people do that. But the process that I went through was doing something that I love to do and that I enjoyed, but that I could also love the labor of doing it. That one of my pastimes, I didn't want to turn that into work. Now, basketball, that probably would have been hands down awesome. I love to run, jump, I love to play ball, I, a little bit of talking trash. Okay, I'm cool with that. But I wanted to be able to work in a manner that I knew that it was continuing to elevate those skill sets and create opportunity. But what was happening was, is I kept running into thinking, Hey, maybe it's the guru. Maybe it's the wrong product. And you know, when I was in sales, you know, I was thinking, you know, this is actually hard work. It's too much work. Like no one should work this hard as a salesperson. And in order to sell the product, I was thinking, Hey, you know what? Maybe the product is wrong. And maybe because it's so hard and so difficult to get these people to buy that it was the product or 
It was the guru, the expert that I was selling for. And, you know, that was holding me back. The other side of it was the moral in the, my internal moral trigger was failing me. Some of the products, some of the industry, some of the fulfillment that I would get into, because a lot of times the salespeople, we don't know the product until we get inside. I was never taught to interview and research my clients before I went and sold for them. And this is early, early days. We're talking, you know, 18 years ago, 15 years ago. I was still kind of going through that process of learning how, how do I find the right people to sell for so that I know that their fulfillment on the back end is going to really elevate things and we're not going to get a bunch of chargebacks and, and cancellations. And so internally, some of the people I was selling for, I was like, look, if it's this hard to sell and I know the person inside and outside the business and I see how they are inside and outside, sometimes that actually, you know, would make me fail. And I always thought, you know, maybe the odds are against me, right? You know, maybe it's just me. Maybe the odds are stacked against me. The industry doesn't work. And that's just going to be my major failure is because I've chosen the wrong industry to sell for. You know, but what I found as I was going through this process of finding out something that I could actually work hard at, realize that there's going to be work that I could actually enjoy and that I could love, which was sales and this type of selling was that I needed to find the right industry and align myself with the right product and services, essentially the right gig, the right guru. So in the beginning, I was like, okay, who would I love to sell for? Like, if I'm serving the right people, who would I like to sell people into? Who would I like to serve? And that really opened things up to me. And it really opened up a door. I was able to say no to selling certain products and services, but I also had all these other opportunities around me that I can get into. And so I created a process that allowed me to find out who I wanted to sell for. And that process is really awesome. Now, the second thing is that I was now able to work with integrity, right? I wanted to work in industries that I knew that the expert, the guru, the coach, the trainer, or even the network marketing organization had a lot, a high level of integrity, really good moral character. And I'm not just talking based on their products and services they're offering. I'm talking who's behind the scenes, who's the leadership and who are they to not just the clients that we're selling to, but who are they to us? Like, who are they? How are they going to serve us as salespeople? And how's the industry that we're in? And how is that industry seen as something that I could really sink my teeth into and then at the end of the day, really, it was creating my own luck. I was creating my own opportunity. And, and the odds weren't stacked against me. I was actually stacking the odds for me. I just remember choosing, you know, in the early days, as you all know, I like real estate investing. And I've paid over $250,000 in real estate investment education and courses and trainings. And there was a few people that I've worked with in the past. And some of them were better than others. And, you know, when I actually got into this, you guys know I had my first opportunity to sell and build out and train and teach for nearly three years, the rich dad organization as it existed back then. And I had an opportunity to work with them and another company called Tigrant Learning. So I had the opportunity to build that. And so I knew kind of where I wanted to be and how I wanted to do it. And it started to feel fun. I really enjoyed what I was doing. And that phrase came back again, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. But I have to reframe that because you're going to do what you love and you're going to want to work hard. You're going to do what you love and you're going to do the work. You know, and there's three things you have to put together when it comes down to creating this. And so these three things will help you to always ensure 
that you are working inside the right industry and product and service, that you're working with the right guru, that you're able to maintain your integrity. Those three things are the three things that have to align. You know, now I'm able to take on great clients. Now, where I'm at now is when I go on either build a, a telemarketing team or we're building out speakers. We're talking speaker teams, right? I'm not Bose or, or uh, you know, any of those, you know, Sony. I'm talking individual salespeople who sell from the front of the room, from the stage, or I'm going in and helping to build out clientele and leaders within network marketing organizations or just hiring my own people and, you know, bringing them in as closers and helping people really build a process, a system around them to succeed. It feels great. I enjoy the work. I I like to dig in because I I get to see the outcome and I've really been able to sink my teeth into it. That's one of the reasons why I like to do these podcast episodes is share some of these things that would help you. And I, I pray that it does succeed in your sales career. So anyways, guys, if you guys are liking the podcast, please remember to like, share and comment so that we can actually continue to move this mission of creating legendary closers and aligning closers together as we continue on here and delivering awesome value to each and every one of you. So if you're just starting out, you're probably studying a lot and that's a good thing. You're probably digging into all the methods to close, right? Well, that's also good. But the hardest part is figuring out how to close without causing objections. You know, the ones that you have to handle before they'll give you their cash, right? That's also what I struggled with for a while. It actually made me quite furious until I learned this simple template. So I created a special training to help you out. It's called Sales Inception Questions, or just Sick Theory for short. This will get you on track with the right questions and more importantly, the right sales conversation to lead you to the prospect's secret buying triggers. Want to have it? It's a very powerful way to let you in on unlocking the secrets to close your prospects with ease. I'm only giving it away for a short time period before I lock it back up into our main training. But you can get access to it at sickfury.com forward slash free. That's S-I-Q-F-U-R-Y dot com forward slash free. We'll see you on the inside. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast if this is adding value to your life.